Hello, and welcome to the TIC Midweek Podcast. We are starting a new Connect Group series called Encounters with Jesus. Each week, we are going to be looking at an interaction Jesus had with a different person. It may be a healing, it may be a conversation, uh, different situations, different people. And what we're going to learn is, what does this tell us about Jesus? What does it tell us about God? Uh, What does it mean that Jesus would interact with a person in this way? And today I'm excited that we are looking at Jesus calling the Apostle Peter to be his disciple. Now, before he was the Apostle Peter, he was a fisherman and he went by the name of Simon. All of that changes when he meets Jesus. So let's look at the text, Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Now, the lake of Gennesaret is the Sea of Galilee. Luke uses the term uh, Gennesaret, but it's the Sea of Galilee. And it says that the people were crowding and listening to him. And Luke is setting up this story that uh, lots of people come to listen. But the key thing is, will you obey? Now, the other thing we see here that Luke is showing us is that Jesus is entering the lives of people. He's not just teaching in the synagogue. He's not just staying in the temple. He's going out to where people are, and we know he's on a mission to seek and save the lost. And this is one of the ways he does it. He doesn't wait for people to come in the building. He goes out of the building to them. Verse 2 He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, fishermen wash their nets when they're done. Uh, They would have been working all night, as we'll find out in a moment. And they're washing their nets so they can store them and go home. These boats that were used by the fishermen uh, were probably about eight and a half meters long, two and a half meters wide and one and a half meters in depth. There would have been a deck in the front of the boat, the bow of the boat, and in the back of the boat, the stern, and they used sails, they used oars, and these boats could have either 10 passengers or up to one ton of cargo. And usually you had a crew of five who manned the boat. And so verse 3, he got into the, one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. David Garland writes that there's a sloping amphitheater-like inlet halfway between Capernaum and Tabga, which has excellent natural acoustics. And Jesus may have used this cove in teaching the crowds from the boat. Now, sitting down was the natural uh, posture of a teacher, and he would have been in this boat, and Peter, actually, he would have had to work to keep the boat from drifting. So when you're on a lake in a boat, the boat doesn't stay still. You actually, you you have to do some rowing to keep it in place, and so Peter uh, would have had to be working while Jesus is teaching in order for Jesus' teaching to be effective to this crowd. And it's interesting that Jesus asks Simon Peter for help. He asks him, uh, this is before Peter has begun following him, he asks him for help. And this yes, this one yes, 
opens up the door to change Peter's life. Now, he could have said no. He was tired. He was working. He was in the middle of another task. He wants to go home and rest after working all night. And Jesus asks him for something, and Peter says yes, and that yes opens the door to a changed life. Imagine if Simon would have said, no, I'm too busy, and Jesus would have moved on. We would have missed the whole rest of the story, because even though Jesus is talking to the crowd, the person he's really after is Simon. Verse 4, it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the net for a catch. Now, the fish during the day do not congregate in the deep water. They're hiding under rocks or they're congregating around uh, natural springs where there's oxygen in the water. Let down the nets for a catch. Jesus is confident that they're going to catch something. Now, verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Simon is a fisherman. Jesus is not. Uh, he, he's mildly protesting here. That word for master can also be boss or chief. So he's like, hey, boss, uh, we've been working hard all night long. We're fishermen. We are professional fishermen. We've been doing the work and we didn't catch anything. Uh, we're not going to catch anything, but just because you say so, I'll do it. And again, here is our second yes. Even though it doesn't make sense in the natural, it's not going to work. He's tired. He's exhausted. Jesus gives him a command that makes no sense whatsoever, but he says yes. And it's the yes that opens up the door to a transformed life. But they go out even though they don't want to. And verse 6, it says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so, so full that they began to sink. Now remember, these boats could hold... A ton of cargo, one ton of cargo, uh, approximately. And so we're talking possibly two tons of fish. Both boats are sinking. The command made no sense whatsoever. He was tired, he was exhausted, he said yes, and he, he experiences an incredible miracle. And there are three things that are important for. Luke in this story. One, Jesus has the power to know what is going to happen. Two, obedience to his word leads to success. And three, the catch becomes a symbol of the mission that Jesus will call Simon to engage in and a symbol of its great success. And those three points are from David Garland. So Peter says yes. Simon Peter says yes. And experiences this great miracle. This would have been like winning the lottery if, if you're a fisherman. Uh, so much money in these fish. But verse 8, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. 
Now, Peter's response to this miracle is over being overwhelmed at his own sinfulness. And it, there's a bit of a paradox here because he falls at Jesus' knees. And so he's, he's coming close to Jesus, and at the same time, he's telling Jesus to go away from him. Peter has had a theophany. This, this is the appearance of God, the revelation of God. And he recognizes in that he is sinful, and he doesn't deserve to be around Jesus. He wants Jesus to leave him. Such an interesting response to a miracle. And, you know, I've heard people say before that, that miracles don't produce genuine faith, and uh, people who rely on miracles have, have weak faith, and it's not an effective way to share the gospel. Well, here's, here's Jesus using a miracle to call Peter. Now, what's exciting here is Peter is the chief of the apostles. He becomes the leader of Jesus' followers. And yet he says, I'm a sinner, get away from me. Peter feels completely unqualified. And what I would say is he feels disqualified from following Jesus. And yet he is the one that Jesus chose. And so if the leader of the apostles is someone who felt disqualified, uh, you know what? We're all qualified. David Garland points out that as we're going to learn later in the book of Luke, the Pharisees consider sinners to be those who are distant from God and who do not deserve his favor, who have should have no expectation of God's favor. But what we're going to see in Luke is that Jesus loves sinners. He's come to seek sinners. And it turns out that the people who have the greatest recognition of their own sinfulness are the ones who have the greatest response to Jesus. And in fact, uh, the prerequisite for following Jesus is recognizing that you are a sinner. And so Jesus is not put off. Jesus is, is not disappointed in Peter. He says to Simon, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Simon feels like he's not worthy. He's afraid. He wants Jesus to go away. Jesus speaks a word to calm his fear and says, you will fish for people. And, and the, the word, uh, the phrase can mean to catch alive. Now, fishing for people in that context had a, a connotation of, of war and catching and enslaving people, but Jesus turns it on its head, and instead of catching people and bringing them to their death and subjecting them to slavery, Peter is going to catch them alive. He's going to rescue people from their sin and liberate them into true life. Jesus is going to utterly transform the purpose of Simon's life. In verse 11, it says, they pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything and followed him. Uh, Jesus demands a response. And these fishermen realize that 
that he was worth more than the catch. He was worth more than their career. And so they wanted to be with Jesus. It really is, is pretty stunning. They experienced this incredible miracle, incredible financial blessing, uh, far beyond what they could have ever imagined, and yet they're willing to walk away from it all because they believe that being with Jesus is more precious than money, than the things that the fish can buy. And this becomes a model of discipleship, the, the willingness to walk away, the willingness to surrender everything to follow Jesus, because they couldn't have it both ways. They, they couldn't keep fishing and follow Jesus. They had to make a choice. Well, there are a lot of things in this story to consider, a lot of things uh, to talk about in your connect group. And as you lead into your connect group, I want to encourage you to spend some time praying about this passage, asking the Holy Spirit for insight. You can ask some different questions. One, uh, what does this passage teach us about the character of God? The way that Jesus uh, responds to the people, responds to Simon, what does it teach us about the character of God? What does it teach us about people and uh, what we need to obey, how we need to change? We also have in there, what does it tell us about the role of obedience and saying yes to things that don't make sense when we're tired, when we just want to go home? Uh, what happens when we do say yes? What would happen if Simon would have said no. Another thing to consider is the role of miracles. How did Jesus use a miracle to call Peter? And, and how might he use miracles today uh, to call people to himself? Well, so many things to talk about in your group. I'm sure it's going to be a great discussion. And I am looking forward to next week when we talk about the story of the demoniac from Luke chapter 8, 26 to 39. And we'll look at how a man who was totally controlled by demons was set free by Jesus. We'll see you next time.